0: You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network.
1: Welcome to Take Him With You for March 31st, Easter Sunday. This is episode 217. I'm Amy.
0: And I'm Rick.
1: And this is Take Him With You.
0: Stick around. It's going to be a great Easter program. Welcome, everybody.
1: Welcome, welcome. And um, I i know I don't usually introduce this show, but um, Rick picked up a virus of some kind from my son, I think. Our son had a fever and a cold. And Catherine and I have had a little bit of cold here and there, but, but Andrew and Rick have had it more. So um, Rick's voice is almost gone. And, it's not almost gone. Well... Just you're, different sounding. Yeah, you're a little bit hoarser and snifflier horser? than normally. I'm a hoarser. <coughs> Your voice is hoarser. You know the knights horser. that say "nee." <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're um hoping to save his voice a little bit because tomorrow. Would it
0: be rude if I blew my nose on the podcast? Yeah,
1: yeah, I wouldn't do that. You're you're going to anyway. Okay. Ah, yuck, yeah. yuck 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 can, don't do that. That's better now. Well, you know, we could have paused the podcast.
0: Hey. This is a reality show right here.
1: Hmm.
0: Non scripted.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So um tomorrow morning is Easter Sunday.
0: It is Easter Sunday, but um
1: Resurrection Day.
0: I have a confession to make. Okay. Remember last week when I could not figure out for the life of me why my microphone sounded so bad. Okay. Do you remember?
1: Well, we were using the other system. We were last using the old week, system, because, right? Because um, we had
0: done an interview.
1: mm mm-hmm, Mhm. And we were we, you don't have Skype set up on your new system yet.
0: I do have it set up.
1: You do now. But
0: I don't have a the ability to record.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Skype on there. yet? Mm-hmm. I have to buy the little thing that goes with
1: it. Okay. Well, anyway, Another little thing. That's all we need. Okay, go ahead.
0: Well, and I have something else to share with you. hmm <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> not sure I can. Well, anyway.
1: May- maybe you should write it on a pad and I can translate it.
0: Well, after the entire thing was done, mm-hmm. the, our podcast, and I had already put it out,
2: mm-hmm.
0: a couple of days went past. Mm-hmm. And I had to record my voice for something else. Yeah. And I went to go and I was like, Man, this microphone sounds horrible.
1: Did you plug it back it on into backwards?
0: the I put it onto the new put it onto the new system and, mm-hmm. and it was just not good. So I'm thinking, man, I screwed something up and I looked at it a little more careful and the, the windscreen thing that I have uh-huh. was over the top like this. Yeah. And when I pulled it down
1: It didn't have the... You had it on backwards. The
0: microphone was on like this.
1: Ah. Backwards. Okay. So I talked
0: on our podcast into the back of my microphone the entire time last time. It
1: makes a big difference. Yeah,
0: it makes a big difference. I think that's really embarrassing.
1: Yeah. Now, the one that I'm using... Sorry, everybody. The microphone that I'm using is not a, a directional mic or whatever. No, it is a directional mic. Okay. Well, what do you call that kind? I don't
0: know. A microphone,
1: but it it's different than the kind I'm using. The kind I'm using, you just talk into the top of it. But that one is like a a studio mic, correct? And I'm using like a rock concert mic.
0: Well, I would have seen the logo if I if I would have seen the logo in the little uh, thing on there.
1: I used to have a studio mic, and it had a little kind of like apple on it that I knew I was supposed to have the little apple thing. Yep. The little apple symbol of something like that. Is that uh, supposed to be a mouth? Or, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a little symbol, though. I've never to really toward, paid yeah. attention to it. Well, I knew that that was supposed Obviously. to go in the front. <laughs> you told me you need to put that in the front.
0: <coughs> so but here, you uh,
1: didn't follow your own advice.
0: So, everybody, if you wondered why the podcast sounded so bad last week, it's because I spoke into the back of my microphone.
1: And this week, if How you're embarrassing. wondering... If you're wondering why it sounds so bad is because I can't um, talk. Yeah. You my our son um shared his cold with you.
0: That was so nice of him. Yeah. I haven't been sick in a long time. Yeah. So, let's and, just hope I get and, and I had a and then I had a, a last minute job to do tonight.
1: Yeah, so I brought you two cups of tea mm-hmm, with, with lemon hon- and honey. And lemon in them. My honey and brought me honey. And I got you some Fisherman Friends cough drops. Which are
0: disgustingly gross.
1: But they do help clear your nose. Oh, man, they,
0: they were great. Yeah. Yeah, I was totally My impressed. My
1: taste gross, but they do the job. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so I got to do an emergency quick job tonight mm-hmm. and had to do it in this voice, which I was able to do, but it sounds way different than I normally do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I got it done, so that's good.
1: And you finished um, the Catholic schoolhouse project you were working on. Yeah, got that all done. (laughs) And you...
0: (coughs) Also got done the the video for the tourism... um, (coughs) Tourism
1: Council (laughs) down by the Gulf. And while he's coughing, (laughs) um, you finished another video game project.
2: Uh Uh-huh and started a new one
1: and started a new one so you've been wrapping up some loose ends and i've been wrapping up and um and starting and so it's Catherine's, our daughter's spring break this week and next week and so since we're not taking like a vacation kind of thing and you were sick um i told her we have company coming over tomorrow if you'll help me just you know clean off the breakfast bar and get the table looking nice and, you know, do some things to help get ready for tomorrow, I'll take you to the movies. Um, so she and I had both read a book by Stephanie Meyer. She had read it first and said, Mom, you got Who's to that? read it. It's the lady who wrote the Twilight series. And um, it was more of a science fiction kind of show. Um,
0: what? What?
1: It it's called Host. A movie. A movie. Um, the book was better, but you know, I think I maybe give it three out of five stars. It was okay. It was pretty good, but we always like the we always like the book better. So
0: let me see if I got this right. You went mm-hmm. to the movies with Catherine. Yes. To a movie called The Host. The Host. Which was science fiction. Yes. By Stephanie Meyer, the Twilight lady. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think... Do you um, recommend it? I recommend the book more, but I always do. I, you know, I think if you read the book, it'd be worth to go see it in a movie theater, but... um <coughs> the the other thing is, you know, you could wait for it to come out on the dollar twenty five red box rentals too. I think that's what you're probably gonna end up doing. Sure. Because I don't. There's know. a
0: couple of movies that I want to watch. hmm. I want to see Lincoln.
1: Yes, I want to see that too. I haven't seen that.
0: And before. I think it's at Redbox now. hmm. And I also want to see The Hobbit again on, at home.
1: Are you gonna see Les Misérables too? Yeah, that,
0: that's the other one. There's a third one.
1: Yeah. They, all of them got a lot of awards. At... And
0: I haven't seen those movies. I mean, I saw The Hobbit.
1: Yeah, we saw The Hobbit. But, but
0: I <coughs> I want to see it at home.
1: Mm-hmm. That would be fun. I'd like to see those with you. <coughs> so, But Catherine and I went to the mall today, and then we went down to JCPenney's, and I got a pair of tennis shoes for work on clearance. Love clearance prices. Thank you, God, for good tennis shoes got some good new balance on clearance cool like that so um and miraculously she didn't buy anything which is kind of amazing but she had a fun time looking she's more of a shopaholic than i am i am like okay something's worn out i have a list i need to get something and i'll get that one thing. Sure. But she'll try on like a gazillion things.
0: But she got her passport in the mail today. But she
1: got her passport. So she's getting ready for her mission trip. She's I think still... I'm going
0: to say forget it on this thing. I don't think I want her to go out of the country after all.
1: <laughs> You're the one that stood in line with the post office to get her passport. But I've decided better.
0: against it. I don't think she should go.
1: Well, um, too bad. So sad. <laughs> this is a time. You know what? We've talked about this before <sighs> that you what? know, when kids are eighteen to twenty, that's really a good time for them to travel and and experience things. Because once they get you know away in university and they're um, you know getting engaged, getting married, having kids, it's harder Slow to down. do those things. <coughs> Slow so down, there, dear. <laughs> it's just a you know she's a perfect age to go to africa and help on a mission project they're going to be building a school i think it's going to be mostly built by then and i think what i heard the plan is because this is a all-woman mission team that's going Uh that they're going to be um doing trim work (laughs) and and painting and you know kind of the finishing it up um and just to support the, the missionaries and the people that are there working to encourage cool. them. And we'll find out more as we get closer. They they don't know exactly what they're going to be doing yet, but, um, you know, it is a, a part of Africa that can use some encouragement, some more education. They don't have um, government-supported schools there, so... If there are schools built, they're built by donation and, um, right. you know, a lot of religious organizations and such that will raise money to build the schools. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. That is very cool. Yeah. So that's what Catherine and I did the mall thing and <coughs> the movie theater today. So that was her thing. Um, and we have some exciting stuff going on in our yard a lot of our tulips and and bushes and shrubs are are blooming right now and they're looking really pretty and it'll be nice when we have uh, <laughs> Oh no. Okay. So, so you don't have to listen to Rick blues. No, nose let me tell you about something cool. Longer. I ordered something. Oh, Yes. I did
0: this to my wife. I came out and said, "Hey, I ordered something and I got 75% off on of it.
1: Yeah, they cost about the same as my tennis shoes I got on Clarence.
0: No. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) I got a really cool thing where you fit your iPad into a full-size guitar shell.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And then you use this app and you can actually play um, guitar on your iPad. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All sorts of different kinds of guitars. That's cool.
1: Yeah, well, well, when we when you get it, maybe you could take a picture of it and put it on our um, blog on our taken with you.
0: Sure, that'd be cool.
1: Well, tomorrow we're gonna go to church and you're gonna lead worship. God helping you. Well, I'm um, <coughs> because of this cough and runny nose and everything, so you're not gonna talk anymore because it is whenever you talk, you start to cough. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk right now um, to make a long story short. Um, last week, Rick preached at our local <coughs> church gathering that we go to. And um, he talked to kind of getting ready for for Easter. Um, so, you know,
0: not really. I talked about um...
1: about you talked about finding Jesus in the midst of of the fanfare and the traditions and the rituals and taking time to find the meaning in things and not just going through the motions. Yes. And, see, I'm trying to talk because if you talk, you cough. So um, he'll get into this in the message, and then we'll wrap up at the end. So why don't you go ahead and play that, dear, and we will say goodbye when we're done and just kind of wrap up. Okay. All right.
3: Uh, Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. I pray, God, today that as we look into it, uh, that it would not only challenge us, but open us up to some new things um, that we might be closer to you and that we might recognize you as we've been learning these last few weeks, that we might be able to recognize you in the things that we see around us. Help us to be aware and sensitive to your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you can, find Matthew chapter 21. We're starting at the very beginning now. Yeah, it is Palm Sunday, and I know people, uh, they go, what in the world is Palm Sunday? Well, by looking around here, I think most of you know what Palm Sunday is, so I don't really have to go into huge explanation, just a little bit. But that's what we're going we're gonna to pick up on. But it was, it's a perfect launching point for today's sermon, which is finding Jesus in the pomp and circumstance. I'm not much for pomp and circumstance. I don't like it very much. But there's a reason behind it. And this is what we're going to find, some really interesting things. So here we are, Matthew 21, we start out at uh, verse 1. It says, As Jesus and the disciples approach Jerusalem... They came to a town of Bethphage, or however you say it, on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. He said, go into the village over there, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. <laughs> I, you just have to have faith to hang out with Jesus. <laughs> hey, <laughs> go and steal this car, would you? that's basically what they say, they're saying.
2: They'll be okay if you
3: take it. Yeah, they'll be fine if you take their vehicle or their 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 work their work animal. But this took place to fulfill the prophecy. I believe it is is it in Zechariah where this was prophesied. It says, "Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you." He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Now, in another, in another book, I think in, in um, was it Luke or Mark? I can't remember. Anyway, they, there's a they, he goes in there, and they say, "Hey, wait a minute! What are you doing?" What are you taking that donkey for? And they turn around and they say, Our master is in need of it. And magically, they go, Oh, okay. And Jesus refers to him in that particular uh, passage as borrowing it. We'll bring it back later. (laughs) So most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. Or as I was singing today, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Oh, okay, so big party, big hubbub, something's a-coming, and everybody's going, what in the world is going? It'd be like a limo showing up in Aberdeen. We all go, what in the world? Who is that? Is there some star? Everybody's making this big hubbub, and people are going out to meet him, all this stuff. It was a big deal. And here we are on Palm Sunday, which is basically a week before the death and resurrection of Christ. And Jesus rides a donkey, and he doesn't ride a horse. And the reason being is when you do a little research, um, the people of the time were looking for their Messiah, the one that was going to come and save them from the government and the tyranny that was happening and all the things that were going on around them. They were uh, an oppressed people, and they were looking for somebody to come and take over and make it better for them. And traditionally, if a king was to come into town and take over, he would have ridden a horse because horses were used in war. But instead of using a horse, Jesus used a donkey. And the donkey symbolized peace. I don't know if you've ever worked with donkeys, but they sure are not horses. Wow. <laughs> So they throw down their palm, their palm branches and everything and their cloaks. And basically, it's a big symbol of honor, recognizing who this person is, is, is of notoriety. This person is famous. And they throw this big party as he's coming into, into Jerusalem. But in a few short days, the very same people that were singing his praises and going ape over him turned around and the mood changed by Thursday because things didn't go like they thought they would and it was really easy to jump on the bandwagon and say well wait a minute I thought he was going to come in and change everything thought we were going to get free of all this crud and well it didn't happen so obviously he's a fake he's a phony let's crucify him and it got all worked up there's the very same people that were saying wow but you know we can relate to that, can't we? I mean, haven't we been pretty excited about God at times, and then other times gone? Oh, I don't really. I'm not so excited about this. You, if you're taking notes at all this morning, you can write this down. Unmet expectations can lead to miserable behavior. <laughs> And that goes along with uh, a scripture that we probably all know, and that's hope deferred makes the heart sick. We do weird stuff when we're disappointed. And a lot of times we set ourselves up for it. If these guys would have known scripture, if they would have understood what was going on, I don't know if it was possible for them, but if, if it would have been, they would have caught the fact that Jesus was coming, the king was coming in a different way. But they had great expectations, and when they weren't met, they were very quick to turn and do stuff that they probably wouldn't normally have done. How many people know, have you ever been in a crowd of people and it just kind of gets worked up and you do stuff you probably wouldn't have done if you were by yourself? Am I the only one? <laughs> now it makes me freak out when that happens because it's like you can see it. It's like, ooh. Because there, there have been crowds of people that do stuff that you just, oh my goodness, why would you ever do that? And when you get him alone, that's not that person. They would never do that. But when you're with a crowd of people, sometimes you will. Here's here's where we get in trouble. I remember a long time ago listening to a cassette series by Walter Martin, the, the guy that wrote Kingdom of the Cults. If you've ever wanted a good read and you want to find out about all sorts of different religions in the world and what makes them different than each other, Walter Martin. Just write that down and you can find this big, thick book called Kingdom of the Cults. And it's got every religion you can think of, what its premise is, where it came from, what it believes, where it is now, that kind of thing. He had a cassette series out one time. And he really emphasized the point. He said, you know, you're probably never going to argue somebody into the kingdom of God, but you can find out what they believe. And you can come from an angle where they might listen to you because you actually took the time to learn what they think. And one of the things he pointed out was, the one thing that Christianity has different than most religions is most religions have a different Jesus than we do. Now, let me explain what that means. Um, If you look at any of the other major religions in the world, Jesus is just a little bit different than what we believe. When you read the Bible, they've added some things on. He's either Lucifer's brother, or he's, you know, he was... Created, you know, and, and he wasn't really God, but he was kind of a super prophet guy. I mean, You can go all through the list of things, but the, the fact is they have a different Jesus. And so, when they say they worship Jesus, they're not worshiping the Jesus you and I worship. So that when people come to my door and knock on the door, I actually like it. I do, I love it. And I grab my Bible and I talk to them, right on the porch. And I actually, I usually use their Bible because there's things in it that they didn't realize were in it. And we talk about the real Jesus because I feel bad for them. They don't know the real Jesus. And so I'll explain to them who the real Jesus is and that really throws them off a little bit. But when we, we really get in trouble when we believe in a different Jesus and whole religions are formed on that. Whole religious systems are formed on a different Jesus. And let me, let me explain that. When you see the Westboro Baptist Church out picketing a soldier's funeral... Do you think they really are worshiping the same Jesus you and I are? Do you think they really have a relationship with the Christ that we know? Uh, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I am saying this. My Jesus isn't so hateful and vengeful and nasty. So it's just interesting how whole systems can be formed around a different Jesus. You know, our natural and logical way of doing things is usually opposite of the way it's done in the kingdom of heaven. I want you to think about that for a minute. Uh, the word kingdom just means the realm of influence of the king. So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, that's a big fancy religious word, and everybody go, or religious phrase, and we all go, oh yes, the kingdom of heaven. But what is the kingdom of heaven? Well, the kingdom of heaven is the realm in which God, who is the king of heaven, is the king. So in other words, where he's in charge, that's his kingdom. So our way of doing things is most often opposite of what it's like in the kingdom of heaven. For instance, in our world thinking, we grab all we can get and sit on it. But in the kingdom of God, we give it all away. That's opposite. In the world's thinking, if somebody messes you over, you figure out how to get them back and get them back good. But in God's kingdom, you forgive and you let it go. What? That's so opposite of what we're growing up thinking. Now, I know some of us have grown up in church. Some of us haven't. But um, even when you grow up in church, you still, there's this influence of the way to do it in a worldly way versus the kingdom of heaven. You know that doing the right thing usually displeases the crowd. When you do the right thing, most crowds don't like that. (laughs) It takes more guts to do what you know is right in God's eyes than to go along with the whole crowd. And I can't imagine what it must have been like um, for people. They must have known. Here they are praising and calling this guy the Messiah and so excited and then turn around a few days later and they're with the mob saying crucify him. I have got these two people. I'll let one of them go who should I let go? They say, let go of the thief and let's crucify Jesus. He's supposed to be our king. And he's not doing so good. Which brings me to an interesting statement. Oftentimes we get others to join us in our sin so we feel better about ourselves. <laughs> Never forget my Uncle Bruce. Oops, did I say that? Mm-hmm. If he's listening to the podcast, which I doubt he is. Um, Uncle Bruce taught me to cuss. Mm-hmm. And the reason he taught me to cuss is because he didn't want to watch his mouth around me. My mom said, don't you cuss around my kid. And he's like, oh, all right. So as soon as he got in the truck, he goes, all right, Rick, i got to teach you some cuss words. And he literally played the Rolling Stones and taught me how to cuss. Oh uh huh. He did other things too, but you don't want to know about that. Yeah, crazy uncle. Well, the reason he did it later, he said, was well, I didn't want to feel stupid about, you know, Cussing like a sailor. So I figured I'd get you to do it too. Then we could be happy. Well, thanks, Uncle Bruce. But how many times have we gotten people to maybe go over the edge a little bit because we wanted to feel okay about it? That isn't how we're supposed to live, but it's what we do. It's very natural, but it's not godly. I wrote down, selfishness breeds idolatry and ego selflessness breeds satisfaction and fulfillment. You remember that scripture? Have you ever read that scripture where it says in the last days that people will gather around them, teachers that will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear because it feels good? Do you know that we really do live in the last days? Because if you think about it for a moment, there are whole groups of people that will get together to hear a certain statement or a certain theology. So it makes them feel good. And they don't necessarily question it or look at it, but they feel good about it, so that person has to be great, right? How many have been watching this whole process of choosing the new pope? I don't really follow it too much, but you can't really help it now. It's all over the place, you know? And you may have seen uh, reports on the news. They've covered it on the news and everything. It's kind of crazy. And so they show all these people in these fancy robes and gowns and wake, wild-looking clothes. And they have incense pots that they're going back and forth and smoke's coming out of them and everything. And there's crucifixes on the poles and people walking around. And, and uh, they have gold all over them and big funny hats. You know what I'm talking about? Did you know that all of those have a significance? There's something about them that started in wanting to honor God. But then got kind of haywire later. They're all representations of something deeper. And they all hold a significant meaning to those who understand them. So a Roman Catholic watching the news is going to go, oh, that is awesome! Because they understand the significance of it. While as I'm looking, going... What in the world is that? Because I don't get it. That's interesting to me. Why then, if it's so significant to a certain uh, amount of people, why does it appear to be dead, stuffy, and boring? I mean, don't you look at that and go, I don't relate. I believe it's because we all, not just... Our Roman Catholic friends but I believe it's all because we all run the risk of trading relationship for religion it's easier to check the list off and wear the robe than it is to be close to God we find this throughout history people always wanted a middleman between them and God because they didn't really want the responsibility for actually listening to God and obeying him they want somebody else to do it for them Interesting scripture in Matthew, again, uh, Matthew 15, if you want to turn there, says this. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. And they asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. In other words, Jesus, your disciples are not washing their hands before they eat. What is up with that? Because they're supposed to do that. We got a rule, and Jesus replied and said, "And why do you? I love Jesus?" How Jesus never gives a straight answer, does he? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean he always thinks about what they asked, and then he comes back at them with in a way that makes them go, "Oh
0: man, I should ask that question."
3: That's how you know when you, when you're really spending time with God and you're reading the Word and and you're really seeking an answer. That's how you know it's Jesus because he doesn't come out and just say, "Blah." He says, well, consider this, la, 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 And then you're like, oh, man, just hits you right there. He says, and why do you, by your traditions, violate direct commandments of God, the direct commandments of God? For instance, he doesn't even stop there. He says, in other, let me give you an example. God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of, of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce where they teach man-made ideas as commandments of God. So there was an interesting situation going on here where people had committed to giving to the church or the temple a certain amount of money, and their parents were needing help. And they decided, instead of honoring their mother and father, that they would just continue to give to the church and tell their parents, take a hike, we can't help you. And Jesus is like, you don't get it. Which is a lot of times what he says to me. You don't get it. Now how many people think for a moment that perhaps there was a good, that was a good idea to support the temple and it was probably a good thing for people to contribute to the, to, the, to the whole situation there, but they took it further and made it a commandment of God, which it wasn't in this situation. I believe that all tradition starts with truth. You can find, if you dig enough, you will find the truth. It's like the, the, the family that's getting together for Easter. And um, they're going to prepare this beautiful whole ham. Just gorgeous thing. And uh, the, the, the guy brings it in to his wife and says, I'm not a good cook, honey. You take care of it. And she says, okay, give me the knife. And he's like, what are you going to do? And she goes, well, i got to cut off the ends. So she cuts off the ends of the ham. She puts it in a pan, puts it in the oven, and they start baking it. And the guy looks at her and says, what did you do that for? How can you cut the ends of the ham? It's a beautiful ham. Why would you do that? Well, like the juice run out of it and everything? And she's like, no, no, no. It will make it taste better. That's what it does. It makes it taste better. And he's like, really? Well, where'd you get that from? And she goes, well, I got that from your mom. All right. So mom comes over for Easter dinner, along with, you know, Grandma and they, put, they take the ham out of the oven and they serve it up and everybody's eating and the, the dad says, hey, grandma, why in the world, does how does it, cutting the ends of the ham off, how does that uh, make it, the, the ham taste better? And she goes, oh, silly, no, our pan that we put it in was too small, so we had to cut the ends off to fit it in. A tradition that had gone down thinking it was for one reason, but it really wasn't at all. It was just because grandma didn't have a big enough pan uh, pan for the ham. But how many times have we done that? Over and over, we don't know the reason behind what we're doing, and then we're like, wait a minute. We get caught up in the doing instead of the reason. So along the way, ritual and tradition can become more important than the reason it was started. Sometimes we completely forget why the tradition is in place. For instance, how about communion? Now, we all know what communion is for. It's supposed to remember you know, Jesus' body broken and his blood shed for us. But you know, there are wars fought in church over the way communion is taken. And what elements he you use? I mean, they get in some serious, I mean, knock down, drag out, whole big movements of people upset over the way you take communion. When in reality, it's just about remembering him. There's nothing wrong with tradition, as long as you can recognize its significance. You would think that with all the traditions, rituals, and ceremonies in some churches, that that they would be so full of Jesus. I, have you ever gone to a um, uh, uh, church service or been involved in a service where things are like the high church or you know, there's, it's it's Catholic or it's Episcopal? No, no offense to you know our brothers and sisters. I'm just saying. It's different than the way we would do it. It's way more, you know, stiff and they're liturgical, right. That it's more like that. And you would think that if that was the case, if if these rituals and these traditions were to be so full of Christ, you would think that the whole service would be an amazing spiritual experience. And and everybody would come out going, I've seen God. But it isn't that way. So I wonder what's going on there. But you know, Jesus does not inhabit the ceremony. I think about that for a minute. Nor the tradition. He lives in us and our praises. So it's the effect that the ceremony or the tradition or the ritual has on us that actually is more important than the thing itself. Because its whole idea is to get us closer to God. And he lives in on the inside of us, not in... I hate, don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but he doesn't live in the glass of grape juice or wine. He doesn't live in the bread. It's not like the New Age where Jesus is part of everything. He lives in you. You're where he has decided to abide. (laughs) That's kind of cool. You're God in a bod. Isn't that interesting? Now I'm not saying it like you're God. You know what I mean. Please don't take it that way. I'm going to get in trouble now. The ritual should never replace the reason. The ritual should never replace the reason. And I said, as the sentiment, should never replace the Savior. Sometimes, I remember when I used to go to church, for the, when I first came to Christ, or was looking for Him, I went to church because it made me feel good. People would ask, why are you going to church? You, Moyer, going to church? So said, well... When I'm done, it it makes me feel good. I go home going, I did it. I went to church. Interesting. So as I'm preparing this message, I go to uh, (laughs) BibleGateway.com and I'm going to cut and paste the scripture into my notes so I can just read it off of here. And up comes the page. And uh, all of a sudden there's this guy staring at me on a banner ad. And I went, I know him. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden my heart started to go, <gasps> and started to get all kind of bent out of shape. Because this was the guy who tried to sue my family as a pastor because we had dealt with a disciplinary problem of one of his friends. And so he got his, big. he was, he's obviously, if he's on a banner ad on BibleGateway.com, he's got a little bit of bucks because those are not cheap. And he was actually selling this new devotional that he had written. And it was number one on the best, the New York Best Times, or whatever you call it. Number one bestsellers. There we go. And like a dummy, I clicked on it. You know, don't feed the fire, folks. If you've got a problem, don't feed it. I clicked on it because I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Do people know who this is? I'm starting to bark, you know. And I go to it, and I'm reading all through it. And they've got a whole page of endorsements from all these Stars and athletes and pastors and they're just singing this guy's praise by his curriculum, it's fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you don't realize what a weasel this man is. That's what I'm thinking. And then I get all bent out of shape and I wonder, how in the world does this work? Because I don't understand. And then I got, I got to thinking about it. You know, even in church circles that we run in, and Christianity that we fellowship with, which isn't probably Episcopalians and Catholics, even in just like the Pentecostal church, we have our own traditions and things and ways that we do stuff that are just as going through the motions as they do. We just mask it different. We call it something different. And I realized that the reason this guy had all these endorsements and everybody was treating him like like God was because we let him. Bought his stuff. We did his, we went with the whole Christian star thing. We'd be all excited to get his autograph at a at a preaching seminar. Wow, wait a minute. What are we doing? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? I don't know. I don't know. But I realize that we do the same thing. But anytime a ritual or tradition brings attention to us or individuals and doesn't point at Christ, guess what? We run the danger of idolatry. So I always get a little bit nervous when I go to websites that say, um, like, their name, Ministries. And that sounds really funny, but I always think, why would you, you know, who are you supposed to be bringing glory to? So when you're watching a ministry or you're being part of a ministry, one of the reasons I love Connection is it's not Carista Lewis's church. It's Connection Church. Even though she plays obviously a vital role in it and she's the pastor, I would never say no that she's not. it doesn't have a big picture of her on the front of the church and say, yeah, (laughs) you know, the Carista church. You know, it's not that. Why? Because she brings glory and honor to Christ. That's a whole reason she's doing what she's doing. So I got really upset and got really judgmental and then got rebuked by God for it. Oh, Amy goes, yay. But I realized, you know why? I I gave a little slack because I, I used to do that. I used to worship right along with other people. I used to worship Christian stars just right along with them. Until I met some of them and then I went, oh, they're people too. Not everybody that claims to be, you know, fantastic is. In fact, most people that claim to be fantastic aren't. If they have to claim it, they aren't. I love how people, you know, proclaim how humble they are or how theologically you know, this or that, or how smart they are. And most of the people that do that are doing that because they are very uncomfortable with what they are. uh, If you have to do that, you will know if somebody has sound theology just by listening to them. I don't think I've ever heard you, Krista, get up and say, you know, I am the greatest teacher, and I am perfect on with the Bible. I've never heard you say that. But you know what? If somebody asked me, I'd say, our pastor is such a great teacher and so biblically sound. I could say that. But then the Bible says, let... Another man's lips praise you and not your own. Great wisdom. When we start believing our own press releases, we get in trouble. So you never know. But I've got news for you. None of us are more important than each other. Did you know that? That we're all on the same level playing field with God. We might play different roles in life, but we're never better or worse than our brother and our sister I, I remember the phrase I'm no better than you you're no better than me we're just all better than we used to be. And we, we really are on the same level playing field in the eyes of the Lord. There's great scriptures for that. Last example and then I'll close. We had gone to the same church for many many years probably 11 years or so and it was the first year that I I'd resigned my position and we were uh, up visiting my mom and dad for Easter and, and I really wanted to go to church uh, but you know mom said well there's this one church on the uh, they live in Bainbridge Island there's this one church on the island that had a lot of people to go to it let's go to that one so hey mom and dad want to go to church we'll go that's pretty cool I like it when they go to church because it was hard to get them to go to church. So we drove to this church and it was beautiful church. I mean, gorgeous with windows that you could see the tree. I mean, Bainbridge Islands is gorgeous anyway, but the church is made with their glass on the side so you can see all the trees and all made out of fancy woodwork and everything. And man, big church, a lot of people in it. And we go and we sit down and it starts up and they've got a band and everything. But the band is not what I expected. It was more of a, a high church kind of thing. And it's just, it's a really dynamic service, but we have to stand up, we have to sit down, we have to read back and forth. And then it comes time where there's, uh, you know, special music and everything. And I'm watching this whole thing, and I really like, I don't think they call him the pastor, they call him the vicar, is that vicar? Priest. Priest, I don't remember. Oh yeah, probably. Well anyway, then they, they took communion, and of course everybody drank out of the same thing. And, you know, it was just, after it was done, it was kind of surreal. And I remember desperately searching for Jesus in it. Because that's what I wanted to celebrate was the death and the resurrection of Christ. I found him. But you, do you know, you can find Jesus in, in every tradition and ritual. He's there, but it's not that he's in it. He's in us. And how we celebrate and how we listen and how we participate really is what matters. So I'll never forget that moment in time thinking this is so different than I'm used to. And even thinking, I really don't want to do this again. (laughs) That was my thought. But I do remember thinking, yeah, he was there. But what the sad part was, I looked around and so many people didn't see him in it. They saw the tradition, they saw the song, they saw the, the thing, but they didn't see Christ in it. And I was like, oh my goodness. It's so crazy that all this can be done in the name of Christ, yet so many don't see him in it. So I vowed from that moment on, that whatever type of church that I was in or whatever, when I looked around at different things that were uh, around me, that I would look for Jesus in it. So my admon- admonition to you today is just like in on, on Palm Sunday when when the crowd was looking for the, the wrong Jesus. <laughs> should have been looking for the right one. They were doing all this stuff. Perhaps we should look at the stuff we're doing and find Jesus in it before we go too f- much further. So... The whole idea is to recognize Jesus in the tradition and rituals, but not lose him in the practice of them. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray that you would help us to recognize you in our routines, our rituals, our traditions. Help us to worship you because of you, not necessarily for all the things you've done for us, even though we're thankful. But help us, Lord, to to worship you when we see the symbolism of you in the things that we do. Help us to love one another and let us never think more highly than we ought. Help us not to follow the wrong Jesus, but to follow you. And give us that balanced life, Lord, that we might hear your voice and do your will in our life. That's our prayer today. We celebrate you as the real king the King that comes in peace and and does reign. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: go
1: thank you very much sure. i i'm sorry we had to play a message um i mean i'm not sorry because i think we're fantastic oh sure.
0: sure dig dig but yourself out of the hole i was
1: just saying we couldn't do this whole. i'm so pod- sorry you
0: had to listen to my husband talk. <laughs> no
1: uh we couldn't do the whole podcast live tonight because of um Rick fighting this cold we'd appreciate your prayers so that he'll be able to sing tomorrow at church and um, I think
0: Carista's going to help me out
1: yeah our our pastor actually has a wonderful Beautiful singing voice. Yeah. voice so she's awesome she she'll probably help sing I I do really great solos
0: you do mm-hmm. you're Solo awesome that
1: no one can hear me you're funny uh-huh so I um yeah I'll sing too but without yes. a microphone.
0: You have to be the goofy one this week.
1: I do. I don't do it as well as you do though, but Thanks. <laughs> you do goofy mighty fine, dear. Mighty fine indeed. <laughs> so <laughs> So <coughs> here he goes coughing again. So I think what I will do is just say we will be back with you next week and we're praying that Rick will be over this cold. And we will look forward to hearing do, from you. Do if we you want to wish would, him a happy Easter? Yes. Happy Easter or Resurrection Day, as some people call it. And we hope that everyone's having a good time celebrating with us. What are we having family. for dinner? We are going to have um, a spiral cut ham, homemade scalloped potatoes by yours truly. Um, fresh baked rolls and um, raspberry jam and butter to go with the rolls and then um, my daughter-in-law is going to be bringing dessert and her mom and their family is going to bring a salad <coughs> and um, I think it's just going to be a good time just to hang out together and to me, you know, the older I get, I say this every holiday, um, it's a good holiday when I have all my kids here. So sure. And this year, it's going to be interesting because we're going to have um, my son's girlfriend from Georgia is going to be here. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it'll be nice. We'll have a, a you know, fairly good-sized crowd. We're, we have to tear apart your music studio to take the Rubbermaid table out to add on to our dining room <coughs> table because we, we don't have a big enough table you know it, it'll work so we're, ha- we're looking forward to that tomorrow and we hope that everyone else has time to celebrate with their family and friends the, the good gift that, that God gave in his son Jesus Christ So we would love to hear from you, and you can get a hold of us at takenwithyou.com. Our email are rick at takenwithyou.com or amy at takenwithyou.com. You You can also get a hold of us at our um, Facebook pages, facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer.
0: Give us a review on iTunes. We would love that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we've had a new review for a while. A long time. A so long time. we'd love to, if you take a couple oh. minutes and do that.
0: And this week, my friend uh, Jedi Jeff, or Jeff Job mm-hmm. from uh, up in Canada, is uh, hosting, along with me, the Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast. And we talk all about the Enterprise, the ship, and all hmm. the different incarnations of the Enterprise, from the very first one all the way to the one that is existing in canon right now. Cool. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, we're so geeky.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: so check that o- out over at trexsandsci <laughs> Don't, don't,
1: don't try to sing because you'll cough. <laughs> um. Yeah. What else do we need to say? Um. I think that's it. Yeah. Happy Just Easter, everybody. Thanks happy for uh, joining Easter. us. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright two thousand and thirteen. All rights reserved. Thank you, dear. You're welcome, dear. Good night, Gracie. You can cough now, because we're done. You don't want to cough? I don't like you.